Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Messy church looks like this. Everything he explained. Contentions. Everybody's fighting about stuff. Jealousies. People jealous about what somebody else is doing or whatever. Outbursts of wrath. People are, you know, not able to contain themselves. And that's a that's a manifestation of the flesh. You go over to Galatians. Outbursts of wrath. Selfish ambitions. I'm. I selfishly want to do. I have ambitions to do what I want to do in a selfish way. Uh, it's not about anybody else. Not really about the Lord. It's about what I want to do. A selfish ambition. Are you driven by your impulses? It's impossible to control your reactions when you're going through life without God at the center. When He's Lord of your life, everything changes. In the scripture passage today, Paul addresses the Corinthian church about the way they were conducting themselves. Their actions weren't glorifying the Lord. Pastor Bill will challenge you today to take a look at your life and evaluate where you're at. Could you use some correction? Thankfully, God meets us where we're at and leads us along. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12 as he continues his message, Don't Fight Your Help. My number one concern is your salvation. And one of the reasons why we do, some of you guys, and I want to say this publicly because I've, I've had some people upset actually. One of the reasons why before we really put people to service here in any kind of and, you know, significant way is we say, well, you go to discipleship. And we've had people say, well, I, I, I've been, I did this somewhere else. I, I, no, I'm, I'm, I've been saved this long. I, I hear you. But you'd be amazed how many times you sit down through lesson one of the discipleship on salvation. And it, it's, I know you said you were. And I know you said, but there's no understanding of what you, of the basic things. What are you saved from? How did you get saved? What, you know, what verse would you go to and say, this is how I know I am saved? You know, none of that. And sometimes I've met with people that by nature of their lifestyle and what they're continuing to do are not saved. But they thought they were. No, I, 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 I went forward one time. Now, when I was 12, I prayed and I went to the thing. Right? Okay. What's the fruit of that? So we say we want, we want to go through discipleship. We want to make sure you're saved. You have walk with the Lord. You don't have needs. You know, that, that, that you're in a place where now from the overflow of the life, uh, the life is born again, a life is saved. Now you can, you can serve also, you know. So that's for you guys that don't know how it works here. That's how that's how it works. And this is why, because someone comes in, it's like maybe they can do a lot of things. And we're we have a lot of needs, but I can't overlook a person's needs for our needs. It's it's first got to be that's God's heart. And I believe that God will honor us doing it that way, that it's what he wants. And so it may take longer. Some of us may work harder, but it, it means that people that do come up will be in a good place. And they'll be healthy and they'll be cared for spiritually and they'll they'll be serving out of an overflow, not out of a deficit. Because you get someone that's not really right with the Lord or not in a good place with God and you put them in a place of service where there's extra warfare and extra burden and extra energy and all of this extra stuff that they don't have the resource for because they're not really plugged in like they need to be. You know, if you're going to be serving God, you better be plugged into the Lord because you're going to have warfare. But it's OK. Warfare is OK when you plugged in. The Lord will fight the battle for you. You know, you have some challenges and all that kind of stuff. You'll be able to manage it if you're in the right place with the Lord. Amen. So we don't want we don't seek yours, but we seek you. And as Paul says that to them, the Lord says that to you and to me. I want you first. And everybody here, you need to hear that real clear that God wants you. You are more valuable and important to the Lord than anything you could offer to him. The one thing God doesn't have by default is you. 
God has everything. What can you give God, right? He has the cattle on a thousand hills, all the silver and all the gold. He's the creator of the universe. He made everything. The one thing God does not have by default is your heart. Second Chronicles 16, 9, it says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro. What's he looking for? Throughout the whole earth, searching for those whose hearts are loyal to him, that he might show himself strong on their behalf. God's like, when I'm searching, I'm looking for loyal hearts. Not a lot of those out there. But may he find some here. Amen. May he find some of us whose hearts are just sold out to him, that we understand what he's done for us. And in response to the gospel that we just say, God, you have my whole heart. He said, that's what I'm looking for. I'm scanning the earth, looking for people whose hearts are sold out to me so that I can show myself strong on their behalf. Guys, I want to do great things through the lives of those individuals that are sold out to me. And so, again, he doesn't want ours, but he wants us. And then the second part of verse 14 says, for the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. And so um, Paul, you know, Paul started that church there. It would be like this. Uh, most of you guys here know that we, we went out of the church plant from Calvary Chapel Downey. For you guys who don't know Calvary Chapel Downey, that was my home church. I was on staff there for 11, 12 years almost. It's, it's a very large church in the city of Downey. They helped plant us. Uh, when we got started and we didn't have anything, they said, hey, for the first six months, we'll take care of everything for you guys. We'll pay you the rent where you guys are going. We want to see you guys get that church established over in Inglewood. And so they gave us a sound system. They sent helpers. They they helped us get going. And along the way, they were there as a mother or a father kind of saying, hey, we want to help you guys make sure things are healthy. When we got this thing, they helped us here as well. They helped us out with a lot of different things. Now, they don't take anything from us. They've never said, now, Bill. Now that you guys are up and running, you know, you got to flow some of them ties and offering down this way. <laughs> they ain't asking. They, the, all that they ever asked for me for, from for me is a report. How's the work going? How's it going? What's the Lord doing? You know, they'll ask me, what are the numbers like? You know, how's it been since you moved? Or more people coming? The concern isn't what they can get from us. The concern is for how things are going. Is it going well? Are people growing? Is it is the body looking healthier? Things coming along. That's the concern. That's what Paul says. Look, the parents don't lay up for the children. I'm sorry, the children don't lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. They they didn't set me up so that they can get something from me. They're, they're looking out for how we're doing. And it's the same idea for you parents. You you know, in general, now in some unique cases, maybe your kid's a, a NFL star or something, but some of y'all are like, no, I'm waiting on my payback. You know, so <laughs> In general, in general, right, the parents are caring for the kids. That's, that is the general reality. This is not a rule. It's just a generality. So, you know, should your kid, you know, become some baller, you know, this verse don't mean you can't be blessed by your kids. Just saying. All right. So <laughs> some of y'all do want y'all payback. I'm, I'm not mad at you. So here he says, uh, verse 15 now, he says, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I'm loved. And Paul says, look, I, I will very gladly, and I, I circle that in my Bible, spend and be spent for your souls. I want you to note that Paul doesn't do this begrudgingly. He doesn't do it with a bad attitude. He doesn't do it with frustration. He isn't bummed. He, I mean, you know, it may be a, a bummer that they're not reciprocating, but Paul says, look, I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. He says, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I'm loved. And that's a great motive check for ministry. Anybody that gets into ministry or serving God looking for reciprocation, you're going to be bummed out. You know, if you're serving, if you, if you, need, a, if you need pats on the back, you ain't going to get them. It just, you just don't get them. You know, every once in a while, somebody may, hey, good job, man. You know, but if, if, if you came needing that, you know, you can't go into ministry to meet your needs. 
That's the wrong motive. Paul says, the more I love you, the more abundantly I love you, the less I'm loved. But I'm but I'm but I'm but I steady on anyway, because it's not about that. I'm not in it for what I can get from you. I'm in it for the glory of God. And so there's a motive check for everybody that would put their hand to the plow and serve the Lord. It cannot be. You know, I, when I used to interview people for high school ministry, I would, I would have people that would come and I said, so why do you want to get involved? You know, well, you know, I just, you know, and some people would say, you know, they, they I, not, not a problem that they love kids because you better love teenagers if you're going to minister to them because they're special. They're a special breed. You got to have a heart for them. If you don't love them, you got to give out the door anyway. You know, this, you, you won't be good here, you know. But some people, there was a need. There were people that would come and they really had a heart to serve the team. They're like, no, you know what? I, I just see the potential and what God can do. And, our, you know, let's see that realized in their lives. But I had people come and for them, it was like, oh, no, you know, because I'm still real. You know, they thought they were still cool and hip and, you know, like, you, you know, you, you ain't you would never be hip at 40. You know, you just it's, as much as you think you are, I promise you, they won't see it. But you had people that they were, you know, it was, it was going to meet some need for them. And it was like, just no, no it's, not, it's not for you. It's for them. It's, 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 you just you do something else, man. Go to the go to the second half ministry or do something, you know. So be mindful, right, that if you put your hand to do a work for the Lord, like Paul, don't look for your thanks, your reward, your appreciation, your slap. Don't look for it down here because you'll be disappointed. There should be a sense in your heart by faith that what I'm doing pleases God. And that's my goal. My goal was to please the Lord. And today I please the Lord. Today serving those people please the Lord. Today, spending that time in prayer. Nobody saw it. No one's going to thank you for it. But I know that this pleased the Lord. Me and the Lord, were, we were together on that. Um, maybe some service you did behind closed doors and nobody could see it or acknowledge it. Everybody could benefit from it. That pleased the Lord. And many, many people serve just like that. It's unseen. Nobody knows it. Uh, there are people that come. They, they clean and sweep and dust and do all kinds of when nobody's in the building. There are people that come. They be on their hands and knees cleaning a place. Not, you know, nobody knows. We don't video them and show you. So you can say, oh, look, hey, that's who does that, you know. But the Lord is here every time watching. And I'm sure he's glorified. That's just for the Lord that we might benefit. May your service, may my service be of that sort. God, it's just for your glory. It's, it's, it doesn't matter. You don't get bummed out if people don't thank you for it or seem to appreciate it or whatever. Um, you just have to keep going. You know, I think youth ministry was one of those ministries for me where, um, you would teach and, you know, kids are I, I love kids. That's why I did it for so many years. But it was a challenging. It wasn't like teaching you guys. You guys pretty much sit here and, and you're listening. Teenagers, you got a room full of kids. All None of them drove themselves here. So the good majority of them it's, it's some kids that come because they want to come. Right. But you have kids there like, no, I'm in this room right now because my mom brought me and she dropped me off. And now you got to look at me, look at you while you try to preach. Good luck, fella. You know, and, and you that's the environment that you're in. And I, I had, you know, you're trying to preach a message. You got a guy trying to rub a girl's leg. You got some kid with his hoodie on and earphone in. You got, you know, you, you have people throwing stuff like stuff that you're like, we're at church. I'm, I'm going to cuss one day, you know, like it, it would be really bad. Like I'd be up there. I, I labored all week to give this man. You play it while I give. I had a kid sit on my front row and shown a video of something in a, while I'm preaching. I'm, I'm like I'm, I was in the midst of preaching. I'm like I stopped and I went and I'm like, are you gonna do that? right in front of me? Right. Now. I, and that's the one time I, I probably fleshed out. I told this kid he kept talking out loud, full volume. I said, shut up. 
And I told Jimmy Navarre, I said, to get him and take him out, I'm gonna pop him. You know, the kid need a whooping, you know? I did apologize to him later, you know, but I was like, bro, I'm just gonna give the word, what are you doing? So in that ministry, I, and this happened to me, right? I, I went one week, Pastor Jeff said, hey, I want you to teach for me on Wednesday night instead of doing the youth. And so I'm like, all right. So I have someone fill in for me in the youth. And I went to the main, I taught. And I remember in the main, I said, everybody turn to this. And all you heard was this. Bible, and they're all turning. They're all, they're all turning. And then you taught and you, you say something. They're, they're all writing it. They're, they want this. You know, it was, it was when I got done, I was like, I want, I want to do adults. man. They want this. You know, I, they don't want this over here, man. Like, I'm, I'm wasting my ministry, you know. And this is what the Lord told me. He said, um, do you believe, right, that, that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word? I do. Do you believe that the word goes out and it never returns to me void, but it comes? Yes. Then you got to keep giving it to some kids and you can't give them some half message. You still got to give them the full thing and believe that it's, 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 it may not look like it right now. You might not get that immediate gratification of, of people coming up afterwards. And thank you so much. And they appreciate it. You say when you close in prayer, youth ministry, in Jesus' name, Amen. Shoom, they're out the door. They're like, it's over. You know, let's go play. You know, that's exactly what happened. They're like, adults are coming up. They're lingering. They're coming for prayer. They're meditating on what you said. Kids like, play time. They're just out of here. You know, if you were doing it for your ego, it, it was old rap. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have make it long. So let your service, right? Let your ministry be as unto the Lord. All right, let's wrap this. So look at verse 16. He says, but... Be that as it may, I did not burden you. Nevertheless, being crafty, I caught you by cunning. Did I take advantage of you by any of those whom I sent to you? And so Paul says, because one of the accusations like, you know, that Paul was crafty. He's being sarcastic and said, oh, I caught you. I caught you by cunning or by craftiness. Because Paul, when he didn't go, would send other people. He sent Titus to them. But Paul is going to explain that when I sent other people. I made sure that they did ministry the same way I did. When I sent Titus, I told Titus, don't take nothing from them. They funny over there. And so he says in verse 17, did I, did I take advantage of you by any of those whom I sent to you? I urged Titus and I sent our brother with him. I didn't send Titus along. There was also a witness with them. So I know what happened. Did Titus take advantage of you? Did we not walk in the same spirit? Did we not walk in the same steps? Again, do you think that we excuse ourselves to you? We speak before God in Christ, but we do all things, beloved, for your edification. And so he's letting them know that even when I sent someone in my place, when I sent Titus, he went in the same spirit. He walked in the same way. I would never send someone to you that would do you in a way that I wouldn't do you. When Paul says, oh, I'm, Paul says, I'm responsible for my ministry. And when I send people in my stead, I send the right kind of people. And that's important, right? Anytime I'm not here, I can be sure there's never someone here that I don't know and feel completely confident that we're good. You know, uh, I typically leave my in-house guy. I got Clinton Gabe. I'm confident if I leave and Clinton Gabe are here, it's going to be right. You know, this, this will, everything will be what it's supposed to be. I got some other people that may come from time to time, but that's a responsibility. I would never leave. And then some guys show up in here and have y'all running laps and throwing money at the altar. And, you know, and you'd be like, that was a, that was a different kind of service pastor bill when you wasn't here. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I wouldn't do it. You know, I would, I'm responsible for that. Paul said, look, I, I took I took that seriously. I made sure that when I wasn't there, the right kind of people there, much like you parents, 
If you're not gonna, if you're gonna leave your kid with someone. You don't just leave them with anybody. You 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 do thoroughly investigate. You do your homework. You make sure you you make you know most of us parents make sure that before my kid is left with somebody that you know I'm 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 100 sure that we're good here. And um, Paul says that's here for God's kids in that same way. All right, in verse uh, 19. Now again, do not think we that we excuse ourselves to you. We speak before God and Christ, but we do all things, beloved, for your edification. That's the goal. Paul says, everything that we do, we're doing it that you might be edified or built up through it. Verse 20, for I fear, least when I come, and I told you guys, he's getting ready to come for this third visit. He said, this, I'm still concerned about this. He says, I fear, least when I come, I shall not find you such as I wish, and that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish. Least there be, and this is, the, this is what he's worried about seeing, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, tumults, so they're almost riots or fights. Least when I come again, my God will humble me among you and I shall mourn for many who have sinned before and have not repented of the uncleanness, fornication, and lewdness which they have practiced. Paul says, look, as he wraps up this part, he says, look, I'm, I'm concerned that when I come back this third time, I'm going to find the same sort of mess I found the first time. And this is what messy church looks like. And we need to all take note and make sure that we're not a part of messy church. Messy church looks like this. Everything he explained, contentions, everybody's fighting about stuff, jealousies, people jealous about what somebody else is doing or whatever, outbursts of wrath, people are you know, not able to contain themselves. And that's a, that's a manifestation of the flesh. We go over to Galatians, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions. I'm, I selfishly want to do, I have an ambitious to do what I want to do in a selfish way. Uh, it's not about anybody else, not really about the Lord, it's about what I want to do, a selfish ambition, backbiting, you know, literally, the thing about biting somebody in their back, it's uh, saying bad things about people behind their back, backbiting, whisperings, you only whisper um, when you're saying stuff that you shouldn't be saying, so you got people whispering, did you see that, you know, whispering to one another, saying that somebody walk up, you got to stop, got to clean it up, can't say nothing else, whisperings, conceits, tumults, he says, and there was, um, he goes on, he says, at least when I come again, my God will humble me among you and I shall mourn. Right, Paul said, these things cause me to mourn. They break my heart that for the many of you who have sinned and have not repented of the uncleanness, fornication, and lewdness. All three of those words have the idea of sexual sin. The uncleanness is a sexual uncleanness. Fornication, sex with someone you're not married to, and lewdness, uh, lascivious or lewd. Again, all three of those are sexually sinful behaviors that, that you guys have done this. And the, the, problem is that you, the problem is not that you have done it but that you haven't repented of it yet. God's not mad at, you know, some of you, some of us got these things in our, in our past. God's okay with that. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. Amen. The problem that God has is with those who haven't repented. They've been warned. They've been evangelized. They've been shared with, they've been told, and they're still, it's been done as a lifestyle. They're practicing it because if you're practicing it, guess what? You're not born again. And so Paul said, man, that would bum me out. And so he says, I'm, I'm worried when I come that I won't find you guys in the condition I want to find you in. And as a result, you guys are not going to get to meet the Paul you want to meet. Right. I want to come and just enjoy you guys. But I'm, I don't want to. If I have to, Paul's saying, look, if I need to, when I come, you're going to get the other. I'll, I'll come bring I'll come bring in the, the hammer if that's what's necessary. But I, I, I wouldn't. I prefer if we come and have a good gathering. 
And so all of all of how it goes when Paul comes has everything to do with how they've responded to the word of God. Just like all, you know, far as you and I are concerned, what it's going to be like when you and I meet the Lord has everything to do with what we have done with his word. Have we received it? Have we, have we been transformed by it? Have we repented of the things you need to be repented of? The things that God has corrected you on, have you responded to the correction in the right way? Then, you know, then we're where we need to be. Um, but there are some people that have, they've heard it for years. They know they shouldn't. They know I'm not supposed to. And they, they would sit here and say, no, nah, that's the 20th year I've heard that. I'm still doing it. Right. So as we wrap this up today, um, again, the Apostle Paul is not coming to meet y'all. He's already in glory. But as we read these words, we're reminded that, you know, these interactions were going. Paul's heart was to see this Corinthian church made right. Why would a guy spend so much time with a church this messed up? Because God still loved that messed up church. God still loved these people that were being lied to and deceived. God still cared about them and he cared enough to send the Apostle Paul with a, a second letter to see if he couldn't get things turned around and made right. And so many of us, as we're here today, you know, everybody here, I believe, you know where you fall with the Lord. Some of us are here and, and maybe you fall on, on the right side. You say, you know what? I'm born again. I'm actually doing well in my walk. Little, maybe better than ever right now. And you're in a good place with Jesus. I know that there are people here that that would be the case for you. And so for you, the encouragement would be that you would press on. And like Paul, you know, those that are those that are serving, those that are have clarity and, and they're in a good space. We're, we're kind of those that are going to help keep the health. In a, in a body of believers. And so that you would be a part of maintaining health, keeping things healthy, ministering to the weaker, ministering to those that are struggling, like, like what Paul is doing. And know that you may do so without reciprocation, without someone loving you back or appreciating it here and now. You make sure that your service is pleasing to the Lord, that that glorifies God. Maybe you're here, you're in this category. You do know the Lord, but you're not doing what you should be doing. Um, maybe you're doing things you shouldn't be doing as a believer. Uh, maybe there are things you should be doing that you're not doing as a believer. God would never send a message to condemn you, but to convict you and to remind you, hey, get, get back in line. Get back, you know, come, come back to where you should be. That's what the Lord wants. That's what he desires. And the cool thing is, it's because of the blood of Christ that we can get right again. All right. The God's like, I would be messed up if I say, hey, if you're not right right now, you messed up, you know, to heck with you. But that's not the heart of the Lord. God's like, just come back. I'll take you. I'll take you back. But I've been out there messing up. And I'll take you back. But I've been doing wrong, and I, I knew better when I, I, I know. But I'll take you back. The prodigal son did. A, he was messed up. What he did. What did the father do when he came back? Ran out, fell on his neck, kissed him. Um, that's a demonstration of the heavenly father. He was so glad that he came back. Last group, you might be here, and you're not even born again. You don't even know that if you die, you would go to heaven. Um, and that's when Paul says, that he, when he says, I would mourn, that's who you mourn for, right? We mourn for the dead. We mourn for those that die. Paul says, I would, I, we don't mourn. Paul said in, 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 uh, later on, we don't mourn like non-believers, right? When somebody dies as a believer, we don't mourn like non-believers. We can rejoice that they're with the Lord. We miss them, but they're with God. But he says, for some of you guys, I, I, I mourn because I know you're not where you need to be. So for you, if there's anybody here that would fall into that category, then you need to understand, one, that God loves you. Uh, that there's no sin that you can ever commit that God wouldn't forgive, that God, that, that God would turn you away. God, that's why Jesus died such a brutal death to pay for all sins, that anybody who would come to him could be forgiven, could be received into, 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 his, into a relationship with God that you could be born again. The death on the cross that Jesus endured, he died for our sins, mine personally, 
yours personally. He paid the penalty for them. The way you take advantage of what he did is by putting your faith in him. Believing that you're a sinner, believing that Jesus died on the cross for you and surrendering your heart to him, letting him, allowing him, receiving him as Lord. That's all we have time for today on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill has been teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians. In this book, Paul details many different ways that he suffered for the sake of Christ. It can be painful to hear about these trials, but it's a reminder that following Jesus comes at a personal cost. What are some ways that you've chosen Jesus above other things? Do you think it's worth it? Paul knew it was well worth the pain and hardship that was brought on because he had a bigger picture in sight of eternity. Do you have the same outlook when you go through difficult trials? We hope you continue to learn more from this book written to the Corinthians. If you're interested in hearing additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you'll find them on our website, CalvaryEnglewood.org. We'd be happy to meet you too. Do you live in the Inglewood area? Then come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at CalvaryEnglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person. And you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is CalvaryEnglewood.org. As we come to the end of our time with you today, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as a part of our listening audience. Would you join us in praying for others who are tuning in and possibly hearing about Jesus for the very first time? Please pray that their hearts will be open to the truth that changes lives. Thanks for praying, and thanks for joining us on The Transforming Word.